Some new destinations for some familiar quarterbacks. Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray. Well, Andrew Perloff off, EJ Stewart sitting in for off today. Enough <laughs> time to bring up all of Perloff's greatest hits. Uh, okay, so we find out yesterday via Albert Breer Sports Illustrated that the Minnesota Vikings, EJ, hesitant to give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed contract. Now, Kirk Cousins has, has made the fully guarantee an art form. Maybe not so much to the Deshaun Watson tune of $230 million, but Kirk Cousins has done nicely for himself. Yeah, and, to quote Soldier Boy, he copied my whole, my whole flow. Right. <laughs> Deshaun got it from Kirk, right? Yeah. The fully guaranteed contract. That's how he's been rolling. He's been using his leverage, but now he's in his late 30s. He's coming off an Achilles, and it looks like Minnesota might be recalibrating things. They don't want to go in that fully guaranteed direction. And so newsflash, Plenty of teams will be willing to give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed contract. Yeah, short-term, yeah. Yep, short-term contract. You're talking about maybe two years, $90 million, something like that. We're getting paid $45 million or $40 million a year, right. something like that, even though Cousins is coming off the Achilles. Now, here's my question. We're talking about teams like maybe the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe we're talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. We're talking about teams that are desperate for quarterback situation or improvement. I give you this. You can either have Kirk Cousins and he's coming off the Achilles and he will get the fully guaranteed because why would he take anything less when that's what he's been getting for, what, the last five years? Mm-hmm. Or I could give you Russell Wilson, who is a similar short-term quarterback who you basically would have to pay the league minimum. Here's the situation with Russell Wilson. He's going to have to be cut by the Denver Broncos. Is really the only way this thing is going to work. Nobody's going to trade for Russell Wilson right now. His contract is massive. It's like $38 million. And an extra $30 million gets guaranteed to him by the third day of the league year, which is in early March. So this is coming up real fast, people. You can cut him. You take a dead cap hit. You spread it out over a couple years. You make this thing palatable. That means he can just sign anywhere he wants to go. Right. And anything that he signs for, that just takes gets taken off the bill, so to speak, for the Denver Broncos. But the Broncos are on the hook for that money. So he could sign again. He could sign for $800,000. Right. I mean, the Broncos are giving him the $38 million. That's happening. Why wouldn't you just take a Russell Wilson... If you're, again, you're looking short-term here. We're talking about the next two years. You give up no draft capital like you have would with a Justin Fields. That's a totally different thing. You give up no draft capital, and you don't have to guarantee this big dollar amount. I have a question for you, Maggie. If yeah. you were in a vacuum and you were one of these teams, and the teams you mentioned I think are teams that expect to try to at least compete for a playoff spot at least, and Steelers, perhaps Super Bowl, Steelers, right. Raiders, uh, you know, uh, Falcons. Who would you rather have as quarterback start next year, regardless of money, regardless of the situation? Okay. Like you're yes. taking their talent into consideration, the kind of players they are. Who would you rather have a QB? I know that you want me to say Kirk Cousins okay. because I think it's the right answer. I think it's the right answer. <laughs> but again, 35 coming off an Achilles. You know, we question Aaron Rodgers at 40 coming off an Achilles, right. and he's got way more talent than Kirk Cousins. So you take like a 80, 70 percent Aaron Rodgers, even over 100 percent Kirk Cousins, probably. But again. I might get a Russell Wilson major chip on the shoulder because at this point, if you haven't been humbled by this point, I mean, I don't know what else. Still wants to prove maybe that he's a winner. Was on a Hall of Fame track. Maybe that got derailed a little bit in Denver. You got to get yourself back on the Hall of Fame track. I, I actually think Ross is 
again, he's just not a bad option for you if you're a team who's looking for the same type of thing that you'd be getting with Cousins. I think if Russell Wilson is one of your backup options for one of these teams, I think that that's a fine backup option. I think if you're a team that, again, we talked about it yesterday, like if you're trying to be serious about showing your fans and showing the league, hey, we're trying to compete. We're trying to show that we're trying to win next year and take a real big step up. I don't know how you could convince anybody that Russell Wilson is the massive upgrade over the guys you just had. Like Russell Wilson, um, he was fine last year. Like right. the numbers will suggest that he played maybe a little better than maybe we a lot of people have given him credit for. But the Denver Broncos offense was still a bit of a mess. It still was definitely a lot of a slow plotting kind of situation. And if you're adding him to those teams that already have offensive problems, I don't know really what the ceiling is. Like if you're the Falcons or you're one of these teams your ceiling with the skill players you have is pretty high. Why wouldn't you want to add a guy like Kirk Cousins, who we've seen when we've given him weapons like Justin Jefferson or Terry McLaurin way back, in, or he wasn't Terry McLaurin, whoever he had in Washington back in the day, or uh, the run rookie they had, Jordan Addison, before he got hurt this year with playing with Jordan Addison. Like, why wouldn't you want to see Kirk Cousins with those guys? I saw Russell Wilson go to a young receiving core that looked up and coming, and now those guys, they're trying to shit them out of there yeah. in, uh, in, uh, in Denver. Like, we were looking at... Corlin Sutton being like, is he really a number one? We're looking at George, uh, Judy. We're like, can we give him away? These were guys that when Russell Wilson got there. These were highly coveted, highly touted receivers, and I saw what he did to them. I don't know if you're able to maximize the players on your roster if you add a Russell Wilson. I know that uh, Kirk Cousins can get the most out of good receivers. Okay, so we're talking about if you're all things equal, you're a team that needs a quarterback for like the next two years. Does it make sense to go with a Kirk Cousins who is – going to get a fully guaranteed yep. contract, just not from the Vikings, allegedly, according to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, or do you go with Russell Wilson, who's getting paid by Denver, is going to get released by Denver. Right. You can pay him league minimum. See, it's about the allocation of the resources. You know, for everything you're paying Kirk Cousins, that's not another weapon you're getting. That's not another offensive lineman that you're signing. That's not another pass rusher, right? That's the thing about Russ. He just He's going to cost you nothing. Mm -hmm. So... I almost like having that cost-effective quarterback, and what else can I upgrade around him? You know, if you're the Falcons, maybe you feel like, all right, we have enough weapons, but you can always use an extra somebody. You can yeah. always use an extra body to block. You can always use somebody, and I'd rather use those those resources towards roster building. When yes, Cousins is better than Russ, but am I getting forty-five million dollars better? Am I getting right. forty million dollars better? No shot. No, I agree with that. You're not. But I think the other question you have to think about as well when you talk about you know Russ versus Kirk Cousins, a lot of these teams we're talking about maybe take the Steelers out because they just drafted a young quarterback they made their moon off from. These are places that are revolving door quarterback situations where it seems like. Every two, three years, there's a new guy in there that we know is not the answer. Right. But they just got to throw him out there because they got to see what happens. The Raiders, uh, the the Falcons, um, and some of these other teams that are going to be looking at quarterbacks uh, next year. Like, if you get Russell Wilson, you're one of these teams. If you're a fan of these teams, you're an observer of these teams, do you have any doubt that you know you'll have a new quarterback in two years? But you are with Cousins anyway just by his age. Not necessarily. We see quarterbacks playing. Like, Tom Brady played to whenever Aaron Rodgers was healthy up until 40. Like, he's, he's been playing in the NFL for a long time. Like, we've seen quarterbacks because of the way the game is played now. You can't beat them up. You can't illegal hit them. It's a lot different game. Really, the only threat to quarterbacks right now appears to be the turf. We right. saw that with Daniel Jones. We yeah. saw that with uh, Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't like these guys were taking massive hits and they were getting crutched. So as long as, hey, you know, invest in some grass and maybe you'll be fine. Like, I have a lot of faith that a guy like Kirk Cousins who gets the ball out fast, he's not someone who's going to hold on to the ball and take unnecessary hits. There's no reason why he can't play into 37, 38, 39. With Russell Wilson, like, 
he already looks very long in the tooth, and it feels like that is the ultimate stopgap guy. So if I'm getting, bringing in Russell Wilson, I'm one of these teams, I'm like, all right, I better be looking at the um, the high school, you know, 247 sports draft, uh, you know, Composites, QB rankings. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, these guys are going to be the guys we're going to be looking at as our quarterback in two, three years. And I just don't know if those franchises need another revolving door kind of player. I think they Here need comes have, the airplane. <laughs> I think they need some kind of stability. Listen. Russ's weird commercials aside, all right? <laughs> you, you you guys watch Quarterback on Netflix? I mean, Kirk Cousins has his own, like, shrine to himself. Yeah, he's a little Behind quirky. a closed door that's like a fake door that he goes in there and just sits amongst all of his trophies, okay? <laughs> We're not, uh, not everybody is like, you know. But that's another big difference, though. He's, he's a weirdo, too. That's true, that's but the, the, <laughs> there's another big difference, though, between Kirk and Russ is for both of their quirks, it feels like Kirk's teammates rally around him way more than Russ's. Though. Like, you like it, that? <laughs> it felt like Kirk with Russell. It felt like with Russell Wilson, it always took a half step slower for one of these receivers, one of these players, to be like, "Hey, man, we like Russ." Like they kind of let Russ hang out there for a while before they actually rally around him. Okay, these guys they live and die in Minnesota for Kirk Cousins. They live and die with him when he was in Washington. Like they like Kirk Cousins. They okay. rally around him. Okay, but here's the thing. We're discounting the fact that it's going to have to be a different kind of Russ. And I, again, yeah. does it like people, a leopard change their spots or whatever? Is he going to come in? Is he going to be aloof? Is he going to want his own office? Is he going to want all of the things that apparently rub people the wrong way? Unlimited. <laughs> See, I'll take Russ's weirdness is right out there. Kirk Cousins' weirdness, as we learn, behind a closed door. Like, right. I don't know. Pick your poison. But again, you've got Russ now. With the prove it, like, he's got to get back on that Hall of Fame yeah. track. And I think that he would be more likely to be, again, I don't think he was ever not a team player. I think Nathaniel Hackett really was one of the worst coaches of all time. <laughs> and I think Sean Payton came in and never wanted Russ. And I think that was from Jump Street. First of all, I don't know how much Sean Payton wanted the Denver Broncos job, period, full stop. Yeah. On top of that, saddled with a big money quarterback, I just don't think that he that was ever going to be a fit. Let's see him somewhere else. Let's see someplace where maybe you do get like a bit of a fresh start. I guess for me though, just seeing what I've seen from Russell Wilson for I feel like the last three years because I'll go back to when he was going to be moved from Seattle. I didn't think he played great his last year in Seattle, so I, th- I think we're looking at three down years from Russell right. Wilson. So if I'm looking at bringing in Russ, the question I have is. What does he actually bring to the table at this point in his career other than experience? Like, he's not someone who throws the ball great throughout uh, over the middle. He's not someone who throws the ball great to the sidelines. Um, he's not that athletic anymore. He's definitely lost a step and a half, maybe two. Like, to me, he's, like, again, the ultimate stopgap guy. Can you win you some games? Can you win you some games with his guts and guile and just his wisdom? Sure, we saw that last year. It was why I think he's getting a little bit of a raw deal in Denver. Right. But I know where Kirk Cousins I saw him go up against the San Francisco 49ers and tear them apart on Monday Night Football. Can Russell Wilson, does he have the capability to have that game? Well, by put the him way. On the, put him on the 99 Rams. I don't know if he's having the game like that. <laughs> Listen, it was a freaking miracle that Kirk Cousins won in primetime. Let's not forget about <laughs> I mean, that. Yeah, that's true. Went against type. And again, one guy's going to be like $40 million and the other guy's going to be like a million. 855-212-4CBS. Let's get to Are the phone. Are you fond of that? Because <laughs> we're asking you about the... Chicago quarterback situation. 
Uh, EJ and I just don't see this the same way. I think this is obvious and easy here for Chicago. You take Caleb Williams with the number one pick. You trade Justin Fields. EJ is more the mind of, hey, keep Justin Fields. You get the boatload godfather offer Mm -hmm. for Caleb Williams, and you build your team from there. Kevin is in Oregon, has a thought on this. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? Fantastic. What's your thought on the uh, Bears QB situation? Well, I think Caleb Williams makes the players around him better. Justin Fields does not do that. But the other thing is that Justin Fields is in the last year of his rookie deal. Right. And they get Caleb Williams. They're going to have four years in that rookie deal. So that'll be saving some money that they can spend on, on uh, other positions. So I, I think they'd be better off taking Caleb Williams. And uh, the Justin Fields' experiment is over. Kevin, appreciate that. Yeah, the contract thing is interesting, right? Because you do reset on a rookie deal, but Justin Fields, you could always just pick up the fifth-year option. Right. You could just play this thing out. The other thing, too, is with Justin Fields, he is not going to reset the market. I don't care what he does next year. I think realistically, I don't think Justin Fields goes, even if he plays well as an MVP candidate next year. So whatever contract you're signing him to, if you decide to actually give him an extension, not to a rookie, you know, kind of a fifth-year option deal, you're not going to be resetting the market with another $55 million per year deal. We're not talking about Justin Herbert, uh, you know, Josh, uh, excuse me, uh, Justin Herbert. Um, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow yeah. money. You're not talking about that. You're talking about something way, way less. It could be could it be Kyler. He might be looking for Kyler Murray, which is not cheap. He, right, Daniel but, Jones is also not cheap, but it's short. Right. I mean, again, those those deals have a lot of caveats. Again, people saw the big numbers and said, well, you give Daniel Jones $160 million. Say, well, it's really only two years guaranteed. Yeah. Like, you can get him probably on a deal like that, and you'll be fine. Like, I, I think that that's, the contract doesn't worry me as much with Justin Fields. The other thing, too, is we talk about how much Kayla Williams made USC better. Well, why the hell did anyone win more? Like, we, they were picked to win the Pac-12 this year. They fell way short. Yep. The year before, the Pac-12 wasn't as good as it was the, this year, and they still couldn't find a way to beat Utah one time. They got smoked twice. Like, why didn't they win if, Justin, if Kayla Williams is this guy that, that makes everybody around him better? Well, he got hurt in the Pac-12 title game last year, right. so maybe they were give, losing that game. But yeah, maybe you give him a pass there. And I think people look at the defense and say this is bad. This is really, really bad, and never gave him a shot in these games. But I mean, listen, like, at what point though, if, if we talk about quarterbacks wins being a quarterback stat, and we talk about meeting expectations, Caleb Williams going to USC was supposed to be the launching pad for really Lincoln Riley's USC reign. This was supposed to become the next big, big program. This was right. supposed to be essentially the reincarnation of the Pete Carroll years. Even though Caleb Williams won, it, won a Heisman Trophy, we did not have that. No. Like, we did not have that happen. And Caleb Williams was fantastic, but I don't think that it's not lost on me that what we expected from USC and Caleb Williams as a team, they didn't achieve that. Yeah, I just I don't think he was he wasn't so bad though, right? Like I he was great. I don't think right. it's possible to look at him and say, man, USC underachieved, and that guy is the reason why. I, I think that he has some. If you want to call him excuses, fine, but I think he has some. Adrian is in Maryland. Good morning, Adrian. What's up, dude? Hey, good morning. Good, what's up, guys? Hey, um, EJ, I'm with you. I say trade down, get the picks. You still probably can get Marvin Harrison if you trade down to about five or six. And and you just load up and you 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 play it out with um with Justin Fields with Caleb Williams you really don't know what you're going to get in the NFL with him. Seeing what you had in in the college game and he's bringing a little drama, asking for part of the team, some some I guess the you know be be part owner and things like that. So 
to me, he shot that down, bit... by the way. Let's be fair right. to him. He shot that down. I mean, listen, Adrian, I get it. It's like there's there might be something there. But let's go personality by personality. We're going to be able to find stuff with everybody, you know? And I, I just think the draft, it's informed guessing. And you look at what Caleb Williams has done, there's no doubt you'd have to say that the ceiling is higher for him potentially than it is for Fields. Maggie, Maggie, to, to make your point, yeah. as far as getting Caleb Williams, Chicago fired their OC. So that's why I think they're going to get Caleb Williams. Right. They don't want to, they don't want to teach uh, Like a third OC in, right. four, in three, in four OC, years. Right. It's, so that's how you ruin quarterbacks, right? So that's 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 where you're going to say they're taking Caleb Williams. But mine, I would say keep them. Chicago was not a bad team last year. They were a bad team to start, but they were what seven and ten, and they were. I mean, they were coming on. So if you want to break that up, you go ahead and break it up. And then if we get the same thing out of Caleb Williams in one or two years, what are you going to do? You're going to go out and get another quarterback, right? Yeah, I just I don't I. I don't want to be the person, Adrian. We talked about fear before, and thank you for the phone call. If you're not drafting Caleb Williams, it's because you're just afraid things are going to go wrong. I can't do that. I, I can't just be – I can't look at a guy and say, my job as an executive is to project into the future of how good a guy is going to be. And I'm looking at Justin Fields over the last two seasons, 17 touchdowns, 11 picks, 16 touchdowns, 9 picks. I know he only played in 13 games this right. year. It's not like his numbers aren't blowing me away so much – by the time we've gotten to 40 games under your belt, his numbers aren't blowing me away so much that I can feel like I can afford to stand pat and say I'm just going to I'm going to roll with Justin Fields when I've got this other guy here who has the projection that Caleb Williams has. But I do think with Justin Fields when you talk about his numbers, you have to put include the rushing numbers because that is a whole different dynamic. And it's not like Kayla Williams is a statue. Kayla Williams is a great athlete as right. well. But he's not a running quarterback. So that also adds a dimension to your offense that you don't have with Kayla Williams. So like, four rushing touchdowns this season with about 650 yards rushing. Right. Now he missed four games. He missed four games. So, I yeah. mean, you're talking about a guy who could have had 890 yards rushing this year. You know, eight touchdowns last year and 1,100 yards rushing. Right. I mean, Justin Fields, I mean, I know I don't mean this facetiously, but it's, he's almost like a running back playing quarterback. Like, I mean – He's he can throw the ball, obviously, but like he's a real threat as a runner. So when we talk about stats, we do run those passing stats, and he's never going to have passing numbers that are on par with uh, with Caleb Williams. But as a runner, he's he's electric. You also have to factor in though with the running comes the fumbles. Sixteen yeah. last year, ten this year. Uh, Rich is in Chicago. Hey, Rich, what's up? Hey, I'm uh, I'm I'm, I'm kind of on EJ's side on this, and here's why. Yeah. Being in, being embedded here and kind of being close to the guys that played and, and the news guys, here's here's what I think people aren't taking into consideration. Tell us. One is Fields' numbers were with, admittedly, one of the worst teams in the NFL for three years. Mm. So he didn't have anything around him, and I think him scrounging around with what he got. And I'm not a big left saves Fields kind of guy. But here's what you, here here's what the fallacy is in my book is I don't think Caleb Williams is a generational can't-miss guy. Mm. So so the question then becomes, and I'll tell you why, I think he regressed last year from his Heisman Trophy winning year, and I think he's got two issues that no one really talks about that I think are obvious to anybody who played the game, and that's really leadership and maturity. I think he lacks in both, and if you're going to be a quarterback 
and you're not going to be a whiner and you're going to be a leader among men, uh, you know, you you better be long in those two categories. I know, but Rich, I, so the, here's the thing, though. It's like the crying, right? That's what we all saw on the outside. Well, Rich, thank you for so much for the phone call. I'm sorry, words up against it. Um, the crying. I don't know. I'd rather have a guy who's passionate about it. You know, I'd, I don't I didn't see that as whining. And like, let's not forget. And I know Justin Fields ended the season on some high notes here and the team looked a lot better. I mean, there was a moment this year when Tyson Bajant was a story. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, it, he came in and he went two and two and it was like, well, maybe this kid. Like, come <laughs> on. If you really have your slam dunk, no doubt, franchise quarterback, Tyson Bajan does not register. And he did. That's true. Yeah, Tyler Bajan, uh, he's Tyson Bajan, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm the just... dad was the arm wrestling champion. Remember that whole yeah. story? University great. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, uh Shepherd you. That was uh that was like Tommy Cutlass before Tommy Cutlass. Exactly. <laughs> season. So yeah, that that was definitely a low moment for 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 uh for Justin Fields. But I think for Caleb it goes beyond just the the moment with the crying. It was not talking to the media after they lost their last game at UCLA. Yep. UCLA team that apparently their head coach didn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> yeah. He left as soon as they, you know, we left months later to take an OC job. Um, there were some other moments, you know, we talk about the fingernails, we talk about before games, he's not with his teammates, he's just sitting on the bench. You know, some of the stuff is, is some of the stuff you wonder is a nitpicking, but I think when you're talking about, again, drafting who's going to be the CEO of your organization, that's what NFL quarterbacks are. Everything's on the table for discussions. I don't think any of this stuff can be, uh, any of these stuff can be dismissed. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. You're also welcome to weigh in on our social media, at Maggie and Pearl. EJ Stewart in for Pearl off today. Coming up, well, we know one guy says the sporty plays, not all that important. We'll get to that next, Maggie and Pearl off. EJ in for Pearl off today, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie and Pearl off. EJ Stewart in for Pearl off today. We're talking about... The Bears conundrum, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams. To be honest, it's kind of a great place to be. You have a significant amount of the fan base, and you can count EJ as not necessarily a Bears fan, but he's in the contingent of keep Justin Fields and trade out of the number one pick, get a boatload, you know, to back you up. Of the last 10 drafts, seven teams have traded into the top three. Six out of seven have been for a quarterback. The other one was Will Anderson, obviously. We saw that last year. So it's not like there's not precedent. It's not like teams aren't doing this. You'd get a boatload. I just think you've got Caleb Williams there. It's the no-brainer option. And you still get something for Fields, most likely a a second-round pick. Uh, Tony is in Michigan, has a thought on this. Hey, Tony, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Love love you guys' show. Appreciate you. Um, for, For me... It, it's not uh, It's not who's the quarterback in Chicago. There's something else wrong. It doesn't matter what quarterback you send there. They're not going to work. <laughs> Just give it up. Andrew Just Perloff. Fold- Perloff, is that you? Yeah, fold the franchise. That's what Perloff thinks. What are you talking yeah, about? We have to go to camp? Justin Fields is one of the best <laughs> athletes I've ever seen play college football, and he has all the tangibles and upside. They've destroyed him. They're rotating coaches and coordinators in there. Uh, on a carousel, it's ridiculous. Their problems are in the front office, not on the field. The field's not going to get a better. If you have poor leadership, you're always going to have a bad team. There's just no way around that. Well, well, look, Tony, I'll defend the Chicago front office a little bit. And I know Ryan Poles has been kind of up and down a little bit. But let's look at the last moves he made. I mean, Montez Sweat 
Look, I dunked on him. I thought that was a re- terrible move midseason. Because I said, this guy isn't signed long-term. You're giving up draft yeah. capital. What? He came over and he just changed, changed the their defense. I changed mean, the, the defense season. went from literally yeah. one of the worst to one of the best overnight because of how awesome he was. Jermaine Edwards was a good pickup. Um, we the, the trade last year for Bryce Young that brought in DJ Moore and brought in those assets, great move. Like, Ryan Poles has been a little bit on a heater, so I think we got to put some respect on his name when it comes to him as a front office general manager. Yeah, I, I Tony, I, I kind of get what you're talking about. I think this was a bad move to keep Eberflus. You know, you're going to clean house. First of all, the defensive coordinator, and Tony, thank you for the call. Defensive coordinator has to resign slash get fired amid still uncertain <laughs> circumstances. We're not sure what I don't the know heck if we'll went ever down. know what happened. That. <laughs> no, that's getting buried somewhere. And that happens in the middle of the season, uh, early season. You've got, you know, this half, you know, half measure, mm-hmm. right? Where you're going to fire the offensive coordinator, but you're going to keep the head coach. And I never understand this when you're on the precipice potentially of getting a new quarterback, right? Like, uh, or even if you keep Fields, Matt Eberflus is not the reason that Fields is developing here. If you want to say he did a great job after Montez Sweat, but I, I just, I think you got to start this thing over. And again, it's the Bears going halfway. I do think at one point, though, and I mentioned it earlier, and I'll, I'll kind of try to illustrate this point a little better here. If Justin Fields somehow does not work out after you decide to trade this pick and you bring those assets. It's not like the, the, the franchise dies. It's not like Chicago football, you're not allowed to play in the NFL anymore. Guess what? There are other years that happen after that. We continue to build your team. Look what happened the last time we saw a team draft two studs in the first round in the top 10. It was the New York Jets. They drafted Garrett Wilson. They drafted Sauce Gardner. The team wasn't good, but what did that do? That attracted another Hall of Fame quarterback to say, hey, they have two rookie of the year guys. They have a wide receiver I can play with. They have a young defensive player that turned around the Jets defense, and now maybe that Jets defense is something I can work with. It won, it brought, it made an established quarterback want to come to their team. So if field doesn't work out, you may be able to still get your franchise guy. The Rodgers thing hasn't worked because Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but it wasn't because of the process was dumb. Like okay, The process but... <laughs> worked fine. It was just he got hurt and he didn't have a backup. Okay, but here's the thing. You're basically, I, I feel like the odds are almost the same. You're not going to get someone who's accomplished as Aaron Rodgers most likely that person is not out there. I mean, there's a Why? reason saw, this only happens Aaron, like very rarely. I mean, the last few years, we've seen Aaron Rodgers change teams and we saw Tom Brady change teams. These are two of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Like There was a time when no quarterbacks were moving ever. Now we're seeing these guys late in their career move quite a ton. I think that this is a different era. And you have quarterbacks kind of taking this kind of NBA player route where if they're in a certain situation, they know their team isn't winning. Matt Stafford, again, another one where you say, okay, I'm not winning here trade me to a winner or send me to a team that I feel like I can win. You guys can rebuild. We've seen these star quarterbacks move in recent years. I think that it's a lot easier if you're a team that actually actually has players there and, and, and you can be an attractive destination to get these guys than if you're a team that, you know, you failed for the third or fourth time on a rookie quarterback and now okay. you're saying, please come to my team even though I have no assets. Okay, but I would still rather be instead of – trying to lure Tom Brady or lure an Aaron Rodgers or even trade for a Matthew Stafford, I'd still rather be Buffalo. I'd still rather be Cincinnati. I'd still rather be Kansas City, obviously. I'd rather be Baltimore. I'd rather be Houston. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be Jacksonville. And I can go on and on and on. I'd rather be Philadelphia. I'd rather be the team that drafts these guys, even if you end up having to pay them. I still think that's the best but, path. But some of the teams you named, again, you're a Buffalo Bills fan. How yeah. many guys did they – fail with before they got to Josh Allen. 
Okay. How many guys did the Bengals fail with before they got to Joe Burrow? Like, there are the teams that you're talking about that, yeah, right now they got it right. Right. But how many guys did they have to go through? Some of those teams didn't didn't draft a quarterback number one. Lamar Jackson was the last pick in the first round. Pick you pick, pick, pick until you get it right. I, I honestly believe that because yes, I watched the Bills suck in a variety of ways. Yeah. Whether it was bringing in veterans, whether it was drafting guys, they could never get it right. But again, they weren't drafting number one overall. And they weren't drafting number one overall two years in a row to pass on a quarterback twice. They never did that. So you can say the Bears, oh, it's gonna be this revolving door. You pass on a quarterback twice. If Caleb Williams is even if semi, if he's even a top fifteen quarterback, you're going to regret it. But you know what's going to happen though is if 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 they draft Caleb Williams, I don't want to hear anything about the talent around him and why they don't win. Because what what I keep hearing is, well, you got to get Caleb Williams because he's such a generational talent, and right. if you bring him in, he changes your franchise. Well, if he comes in and I got to hear again, well, he's throwing for three hundred yards, but they're not winning games. It's like, no, you. You had a quarterback who was capable, and you said that, no, we want to build uh, – when we don't upgrade at the position because we feel like we have a team that's fine enough and that we don't need to get more assets. Like we said earlier, you can never have enough good players. Like, Caleb Williams comes in, he has no excuses. And I don't know if you're a rookie quarterback, that's the best environment to be in. Okay, Justin Fields, they came in last place in the division. It, it's not- they won seven games. It wasn't like they were 3-14. Three and, th- three <laughs> and 14. Okay. But still didn't get them anywhere, you know? It's not like they're throwing away this amazing diamond-in-the-rough guy who's been awesome for them, and they're just throwing the baby out with the bathwater because they got the number one pick. But they, they haven't done ten. jack squad with Justin him. Fields got hurt, though. Justin Fields plays all 17 games. How many games do they win? Nine? Maybe ten? Maybe I don't know. I mean, they went two and two with Tyson Bajan. <laughs> it's like, it's it's. I, I gotta think they win at least one of those games that Bajan stunk. Like, I, I gotta think so. One of those four interception games. <laughs> yeah. uh, Peter Schwartz is here. He's got headlines. We see you guys on the phones. By the way, we'll get back to it. What's up? Uh, Pete? Good morning, Hendrick Motorsports. All smiles today. They begin their 40th anniversary season. With a huge win as William Byron captures his first career Daytona 500. Just so proud of this team, whole Exalta team, uh, 40th anniversary to the day on Monday. So just um, extremely blessed and thankful for all the opportunities. And um, yeah, we just want to keep it going. We have a lot to prove this year. And uh, this is a good start, obviously. And Daytona 500, it's freaking awesome. Let's go. Byron, courtesy of Fox Sports, Alex Bowman finished second, Christopher Bell came in third. Out of baseball, if you look at any Little League field around the country, you see Mm -hmm. kids playing the sport that they love. Many of them dream of one day being a Major League Baseball player. Angels third baseman Anthony Rendon is one of those kids who made it all the way to the show, but was it a dream come true for him? It doesn't sound that way. Is it still a top priority for you, though? That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. So I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> 7 in the morning or whatever time it is. So. Did you, I mean, do you want I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, yeah, you technically answered it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, because wow. you're a loser. His, That's why. It, is Rendon out of his mind, or is he being refreshingly honest? I mean, two hundred forty-five million just doesn't buy you what it used to. You know, <laughs> you used to get someone who could just fake it. They want to be there, especially when you don't play. Yeah, so he's played about what thirty percent of the games with the he Angels. He hasn't cracked sixty any season that he's been there. Yeah, he's been hurt. See, this is where, okay, in life, 
this is a healthy thing, right? In right. life, you want a healthy thing. You say your faith in your family come first. He's got four kids. Who's going to crucify you over that, right? Like that's mm -hmm. a good, healthy work-life balance. The thing is, we don't respect work-life balance when it comes to professional athletes. No. We want maniacal, crazy, win-at-all-costs, work hard in the season, work harder in the offseason. We want that for you because you get paid a ton, right. because we have to pay to watch you, and because you get an offseason. And I think people understand, like, hey, the, the, the sacrifice that comes with being a professional athlete because you get so handsomely paid. Is it healthy for life? Probably. Is it infuriating for fans? Definitely. And he's going to get no sympathy here. Yeah, he, he shouldn't. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, he shouldn't. I mean, I, like, what I think bothers me is is he did not have to answer this the way he did. Because you say, no, it's not a priority. It's like, well, my priority is family and faith. Okay, that's everybody, dog. Like, yeah. like you're making <laughs> right. you're, you're making a point. You're, you're trying to make a big deal out of something that's not. You could have just said, hey, I'm more than just a baseball player, but I take baseball seriously. I think the problem that I have and I would have as an Angels fan is we don't think of professional athletes like other jobs. There are plenty of people yeah. who do jobs who do them for the paycheck, who do them because they have to or for whatever reason. Like, if you're a professional athlete, that takes a level of pride and takes a level of emotion. There's, there's, a, there's a certain level that goes beyond just I'm doing this for a check for you to be great. So if he's saying that I'm only doing this because I'm not going to get – I don't want to get fined, dog. Like, then what are you actually doing here? <laughs> yeah. Like, then you can go do something else. But, like, I know there are guys in the minor leagues. I know there are guys, uh, you know, behind him that are busting their butt trying to get to this level. You got a guy saying – Oh, I'm just here because I got to be here, I guess. Like It's like a job just like any other. And it's uh. not. It's not. It's not. And it comes with luxuries that you can mix both of them. Like you, you're you making the amount of money that you know what? Like there, there are players who play in the minor leagues in any sport and they're detached from their family because they can't afford right. to move their family from wherever they're from to wherever they're playing. In this case, like he doesn't have to – make a choice between one of the two, you right. can have both because you can move your family all over the country. Well, I think that I think nowadays we are better, I think, as a society that if you are dealing with real problems, whether you're a rich and famous athlete yeah. or whether you're a regular person, I think we're a lot more open and empathetic and sympathetic right. to all of that stuff. This doesn't seem like real problems. Mm -mm. This feels like maybe you're a little burnout at work. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> getting paid $38 million a year to kind of push through that burnout, dude. So, like, if he was saying, hey, listen, guys, like, um, say he had to step away because he had, like, mental health right. issues or something wrong with one of his kids, heaven forbid, right. knock on wood, or something like that. It's like, take all the time you need. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Right. You know, put yourself first to just say, like, eh. Baseball. It's just a yeah. well, <laughs> last year we saw I'd rather be home hanging out with my kids. Like we all. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, last year we saw that with Andrew Wiggins where he just disappeared and right. we didn't know why. But everybody, I think for the most part, had like a hey, I just hope he's okay and whenever he's back, I hope he's back. And and that was fine. Like this to me was just entirely different energy. And I, I again to Pete's point and to Carl's point in the back, like you can't do this and have contributed nothing to this organization. Right. Like like you have fans that were excited, that have been buying your jersey, that have supported the team because you showed up and you've been an absolute dud in the four years that you've been there, and then this is your attitude towards them. It's a slap in the face. I wonder if he was thinking of his family and faith when he grabbed that fan in the stands in Oakland. Like, think, yeah. think about that, too. Like, <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, he, yes. What a total loser. What does this the Bible guy, say about that? This guy this guy is using the family and faith thing as an excuse. Absolutely. 100%. And, and you know what? If, if I was uh, running the uh, the Angels, I would send. I would have sent him home and cut him 
even with that money on the books after what he did in Oakland last year. That's so, a total disgrace. He's a total disgrace. And you know what? Go sit at home then. All right, enough. He's got a full no trade clause. <laughs> like Fine. It, he's still got the 40, 80, like about 120 million coming his way I, over the next three years. Maybe he'd like one of these work from home jobs, you know? You're <laughs> that, that, you're that, you're that you should play baseball remotely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, have to work, you have to work from home in order to have to, to actually do it. <laughs> now batting over Zoom. The over connection's Zoom. a little spotty. In his backyard. <laughs> Peter, well, thank you so much. We're just flat out of time here. here I see something here we want to get to. See you on the phones. We'll come back with more including, not just that, the big, big question coming up as today is a significant day in the NFL. What is that day? We'll tell you next. Maggie and Perloff, EJ Stewart in for Perloff today, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, EJ Stewart in for Perloff today. Well, when someone tells us they've got a poem they'd like to recite, well, that's going to move you to the top of the list. Big Friendly is in California. Big Friendly, I'm told you have a poem for 49er fans. Good morning. Good morning, Maggie and EJ, and thank you so much for taking my call. You got so, it. Is this like a roses or red, violets or blue situation? What do you have for us? Maggie, like I've told you before, I've been a Rams fan my whole life. Okay. The gentleman who gave me the name Big Friendly was a big Niner fan. God rest his soul, so I'm not saying nothing about him. But I live in Northern California, and there's a lot of Niner fans. So with no delay, I will get at it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> a tisk, a tat, the Niners lose again. Next year is our year, is all you hear. But thus year was your year, you cheered and cheered. Now the big game is over, no ring for your team. And second place has no prestigious news to read. Unless you're in Kansas in a parade with champagne, confetti, and tons of fans nearby. But in San Fran, all they can do is cry. Now hug them, console, and keep their spirits up. Sorry, Niner fans, your team just sucks. You <laughs> scream dynasty for everyone to hear, but names like Rice, Montana, and Lot are not around to be feared. So back to the drawing boards. Get out of here. Chief said so loud and clear, not knowing the overtime rules, we'll just start there. I mean, wow. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> Big friendly. We're, we're snapping for yeah. you. Like they're in the coffee shop. I like that beatnik <laughs> style. Very cool. How long did it take you to come up with that? Maggie, I wrote that the last day I spoke to you guys. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so and maybe I, we're a little of the inspiration, too, not just the Niners sucking. Well, no, it's not that. It's that <laughs> I'm just um, kidding. They didn't I want to thank the gentleman I spoke to yesterday. He, he hit me up with the Odyssey app to listen to you guys. Oh. I haven't been able to listen to you guys. I think I spoke to you, EJ, when yeah. I explained the yeah. radio station isn't up here no more that you guys was casting you guys. Oh, so there we go. Well, this is a good thing. Good, And I should be reminding people of this more often. Yeah. The absolutely free to download Odyssey app, Crystal Clear. Big Friendly yeah, found it. You can find it as well. And you can listen to the show on Rewind. Um, Big Friendly, I, do you write a lot of poems? Is this your thing? Yes, ma'am. I, I have a poetry writing background, a music writing background, and a riddle writing background. And I'd like to leave with this one. You got a riddle for us. I just like to leave us. with this riddle. Yeah. I just like <laughs> to leave with this riddle. And I kind of stole the beginning from the Riddler. Oh, I love this now. <laughs> okay. now you're talking my language, Big Friendly. What, what's happening? <laughs> okay. Okay. Riddle me this. Riddle me that. If every next year is the Niners year, then what year is that? 
<laughs> <She'll> <laughs> Big <with> friendly. <laughs> wow. And we'll have you drop the mic on that one. Thank you so much. Man of what many talents. Was, oh, I loved it. What was the best line? It was something about the 49ers sucking, I thought was... Because every it was really what light through yonder breaks until we got to the 49ers suck. <laughs> he, he said something where, and this is where I, I get into my rap genius bag, where he was like, if this is, you said this was this year, you said next year was your year, but what was thus this year or something like that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo, that is like a triple entendre. I was, <laughs> that was like Jay-Z and Rock him at his finest. Like I was super impressed by that line. He had me hooked at that. That was maybe like maybe three or four lines in. Yeah. Because at first four lines, I, was, I wasn't sure where he was going. But then when he dropped that this year, thus year, I was like, oh, he's in a different <laughs> he's in a different plane right now. I did like that. Pete, Pete's not impressed. <laughs> I really want to impress Pete, Pete. what do you got to be? Bill Shakespeare over there for you yeah, to get get yeah, impressed. We do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. All right. It's not Yates. Got to do the yield English. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Pete, can you do any better? I, I never said I could. I mean, I'd love to know what Pete could come up with about, you know, a poem about the Jets or something. Oh, don't, 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 don't tempt me. I will. All right, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you a poem at the next update. Oh, wow. Oh, now. A we Jets got a little, poem. We got a little battle going on now. I'll give, I'll give you a Jets poem next update. Yes. <laughs> now you gotta stay with the show. We're on right now at 7.51 Eastern Time, 8.20 around that time. The next update. You got to hear Pete's poem now because I can't wait. I cannot wait for this. I'm surprised you wanted to go Jets, too. You could have gone Mets. I mean, there's a lot of heartbreak to well, share. We here. have a whole 162-game season for the Mets, so <laughs> we'll leave that alone. We'll, we'll go to the Jets before we uh, put the cap on the uh, 2023 season. Oh, I love this. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Aaron Rodgers' Achilles popped. Sucks to be you. <laughs> that was a freestyle. That was very impressive. Too. The great Maggie Gray. Uh, top of your head. That's been sounding good. <laughs> Sean's in Oregon. We talked about Anthony Rendon last segment. Anthony Rendon said, you know what? Baseball, not as important to him as his faith and family. Um, Sean, you liked what he had to say. You thought it was refreshing. Yeah, I think that's the truth. I, I wish more people would speak the truth like that. You know, because these guys are doing a job. They're living someplace they don't want to live. It's LA? Like I hear you guys talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's just like somebody like. You talk about sending a football team to Mexico City. Well, I want to, you know, when you send a football team to Mexico City, who's the, guy, the first guy to demand a trade? Mexico I mean, City is amazing. Yeah, Mexico, though. Cool. Mexico City I, is I, awesome. I as long as you're not running a drug cartel, Mexico is very safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You pretty much got to worry about your family and your kids going to school every day. And, you know, I not like more than here, dude. I like, I like living in my home town, I like living in my neighborhood. Believe me, dude, the brothers don't want to live in Mexico City. I don't, I don't, I don't know, Sean. I, wait, well, hold on. But we're getting into – and, Sean, thank you for the call. You know we always enjoy your commentary. Let's take Mexico City out of it because Mexico City actually is a very cosmopolitan city. I've been there like five times. Um, was there this summer. It was awesome. It's, it's yeah. great. I don't think people would have a problem. I think they'd like Mexico City, quite frankly, more than you'd like to go to be in London just because yeah. the time change and the travel is just a lot more brutal Go into uh, going to the UK than it is to Mexico City, but the thing about Rendon is, listen, it's gonna fall on deaf ears when you're getting paid that amount of money. Like people are not going to have sympathy for you to call it just any old job because not any old job offers you seven years and two hundred forty-five million, and you get to collect it even if you don't play. And I think the issue which Pete mentioned so well was he was using it as a shield. 
like I said earlier, everyone can agree with the message that you should care about your family and your faith, that that's what you believe in. But you can't use that as a shield to say, hey, don't talk about my play on the field. Don't give me any criticism because at the end of the day, all that really matters is my family faith. That's a different story. I don't think that it was as altruistic a messaging and altruistic as a, a motivation for uh, Rendon to go on that rant that he did. Coming up, we check in on Micah Parsons and the Cowboys, and Pete Filotti will give us a Jets poem. Oh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 